Welcome back to the Shed Voice. Sunny July 13th day today. We've got two episodes coming here. There'll eventually be episodes, I believe, 93 and 94. So those of you in the listening audience who are putting together that gala celebration of our 100th, it's creeping ever nearer. Clock is ticking. We eagerly await your suggestions, your help, the parade, you know, I know COVID's going to interfere in some of the plans that some of you had already invested a lot of care with, but anyway, we're here to have a few laughs. Even if that wasn't particularly laugh worthy, we'll get some other ones in before the day is done. So stick with us and here we go. How's your hyphenated buddy's business been going? (laughs) The vape guy. He's because he was going to pivot on to hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that work for him? Have you seen him since or? No. Talked to him since? I I assume it went... Probably well, yeah. Very well. <laughs> I think he probably got the contract for the OPP, which is, if you think about those guys... Oh, yeah. Oh, is that where he is in Ontario? Yeah. He's in so Canada. he was tanker guy, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he's... So I haven't had any updates for the... I knew they were going to get the second... He's too busy shopping for Lambos to talk to you right now. So he had the OPP contract. He Well, the last time I talked to him, these big wigs, two big wigs came in. And he had never seen anybody dress so snappily. They were both in their 70s, he figured. One was a retired detective, and the other guy was uh, a guy who worked for the Rothschilds Corporation. Anyway, these guys came in, and uh, they checked his lab out and said, we like what's going on here. Um, We'd like to invest. And he says, no, no, don't need to invest. I don't need any money. I just, I need, you know, I need the contract or whatever. Right. And they were... And he couldn't, they were telling him all sorts of fun little stories about policing policing, and what they knew. And he, he said they were both like kind of mafia figures. Really? Like that's how they showed up. But they were really, really presented. Wow. And just to have a little Ooh. chat with them. So that's an interesting world to get into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because when one of those guys comes and says they want to invest... It'd be really a shame if anything happened to this business. Everything looks like it's going really well. I was wondering if he could sneak a little bit of a chill pill into this, into the hand sanitizer that would they would absorb through their hands and wouldn't make them less likely to beat people. That's a really good point. Yeah. Maybe chat with him a bit offline. Yeah. And uh, no charge for that one. Nice. 10%. Nice. I never even... Always 10%. I mean, you know, well, he's got the whole the whole vape thing going on already, right? You know, so why not use a little bit of CBD? Just CBD? Yeah, they won't even notice. Except for they'll, hey, Jenkins, why are you being so nice? (laughs) And then they'll say to the the other guy, well, how come you haven't been using your hand sanitizer, man? (laughs) (laughs) Anybody know what's wrong with Wolfie today? He's just on edge. He's barking at everything. I don't know. Well, we're nowhere near the airport. (laughs) Oh, that's all very good stuff, you guys. <laughs> Woo, I got one for you, boys. Since you've come up, and you're undercutting me by giving away your money-making ideas for free, so <clears throat> I'll thank you to stop that in the future. Always, always 10%. Always. Always. This one, netter, 20%. Net net or gross? Uh, net, of course. Oh, okay. Always net. All right, then that's a pretty good deal for them. Well, you never yeah. want to be... Uh, yeah, you don't want to take... You never want to be accountable for the downside if your idea doesn't quite pan out. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, you the don't. faces you're making, <laughs> oh, red flag to the bull. Okay, first, first. It's garbage day, by the way, if you can't tell. Ah, we get to hear the sound of the garbage trucks in the back alley. Sorry, Skid. Telling Wrestling you that we are Vancouver. here in the shed. <laughs> COVID free. COVID free garbage. Or are you going to keep your mouth? I don't know if yeah. I just realized I'm still wearing it. Um, yeah. It will cause a slightly muffled sound. But, you know, if you if you want to wear it for health reasons, you're welcome to. Yeah. So take that. I'm that's pretty free. good. He has internalized that masks are more for others than for himself. And that's, I right. think that's a good sign. Too right. And all the side mm. eye goes to the non-mask wearers out well, there. Well, we thank you for wearing your skin. I think that's very yeah, Thank you for your service. Who are the mask wearing fools, boys? We are. We are the mask wearing fools. Okay. Who's got the podcast and tools? So just, you know, you're going to do your, uh, you're going to do your, uh, thing about 10% for some great idea that you have. And then after that, can we cover Karen's? No. Only the concept of Karen and why isn't there another. Bob. Yeah, exactly. Or Kevin, for example. (sighs) Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Actually, you know, I was thinking about Karen's actually people who actually have the name of Karen and now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Bummer. I was talking about this the other day, and my nominee, we'll just go right to that, I think, because my nominee was Scott. (laughs) The male equivalent of a Karen is a Scott. That's a single syllable. I know, but it's, you're looking for a name that epitomizes whiteness. Isn't it Gord or Gordo? No. It's not just whiteness, though, actually. There's more to it than that. And also, the Karen, Karen, I wonder if it was chosen because there are so few Karens now especially of a younger generation. Karen's like Richard. They they just don't make them anymore. Yeah. Maybe. And so I don't Maybe know that, if that's Then that, that would shoot Scott all down because there's Scott's there's just of coming Scots. out of the woodwork right now. Yeah. Everybody's naming their kids Scott or Tyler. That's why I was thinking, Kevin, because it's two syllables. And I'll bet you they oh, don't. It's a, it's a slack name too, right? It's a very Karen-like name. Yeah, I think so. Kind of nondescript or yeah. it's kind of who invented that name. I was never happy with it personally. It's a nice name. Is that right? I don't mean I like I like the name Karen as well. I like Kevin too. But you've never been happy with it, eh? No, I always. What did you want to be? David, David, Michael. (laughs) Oh, one of those. You know, Peter. Any of the apostles, I'm sure. Oh, any (laughs) any biblical name would have suited you better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, that's sorry. Your your middle name is John? John. Yeah. And so you could have done that, especially when you got into acting, you could have been K. John, K. John McNulty. Oh, Oh, God, we joked about that a lot. Or if you were an executive, of course, you would have done that for sure, because the executives always did that. Well, remember, we joked quite a lot about that. I mean, the whole, the deal with calling everybody by their initials was part of the same thing, right? You could be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. P. James Lilburn here, or PJ, RJ, KJ, you know... Because we had a we had a vice president at the first place I worked at least when I got out of school, who always went with D Lyle, D Lyle because his first name was Dwayne or something like that and he didn't yeah. like it, so he went with D Lyle. <laughs> we called him D Lyle yeah. all, all the time, or Mister uh, yeah. whatever his last name was that we won't reveal. That's uh, right. Respect for his memory, yes. but he was that guy, and so yeah, you could have gone with that K John McNulty, or you could have just arbitrarily gone with Michael, Michael McNulty or Lance. 
KJ, can you do a testing thing? He goes out with a girl named Nance. Perfect. Thanks. So I have to pump <laughs> pump up the volume. He wears nope. a manly tie. No, you're good. I've turned all three of us up, actually. Good. Skinny some more. Good. I'm tired of seeing those dippy little anemic waveforms when I'm editing. I want some energy in here. We've had too many episodes lately where we're coasting. Vocal energy? Are you talking skin? Uh, I'm talking about I want your chi aligned and I want your chakra shouting. I don't want to hear this all afternoon because it gets pretty old. I like the FM radio voices all day long, nice and calm. Oh my God. All our listeners are hearing this in the background of actual lives that are far more interesting than anything we've ever thought of or said. Are you getting feedback, Skin? I want to interrupt people's lives with our precious thoughts. We're genie, and we're never going to crack the top 10 of world entertainment talking like this all day long. I agree. So then... Up next, we have Stan Getz doing a little <laughs> ticket away, Stan. And I think we're starting to zero in on where the problem emanates from here all of a sudden. Damn it. So what is a Karen, guys? What, yeah, what is a Karen? Because it's like, I, I think it means different things to different people. Well, I would say that Karen is a, an uninformed, white, 40-ish, 50-ish, 60-ish lady... And there's just as many in Canada as there are in our neighbor to the south. Per capita. But I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And what? What? It's just a, it's a name because uh, we want to dub them something because they're all the same, right? And it's... That's the idea, yeah. Yeah, so... And I mean, it could be a guy except for the names Karen. I mean... Yeah. Like when we look at what, what do Karens do? I mean, the, the classic is they want to speak to the manager that you, you often will hear yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a gender aspect to how Karens react to conflict and confrontation. So yeah, they want to speak to the manager. They're often shrill. They're often angry about some perceived slight or lack of service. They're extremely entitled, you know, like... I want this COVID thing dealt with. I haven't had my hair done in weeks, you know, like that really complete lack of any sort of perspective on how important their needs are. Right. And I think it shifts. And if you want to be critical of someone, the meaning will shift to whatever that person's doing. Yeah. So I think, for example, uh, the, the people who are insisting on their right not to wear a mask inside a store, they'll become Karen because that's pretty stupid and Karen is generally not a very smart person. And so now I'm going to call that person a Karen, yeah. even though they're not asking to speak to the manager. Yeah. And their, their irritation, their, their level of anger is usually really disproportionate to whatever affront they feel they've suffered. Right. Usually they haven't suffered an affront at all. First of all, like asking somebody to wear a mask is not an outrage, but they, they've, they just think, oh my God, I'm sick of these masks. And then they freak out. And the next thing you see is a video of somebody throwing their groceries all over the grocery <laughs> store because somebody asked them to wear a mask, right? But there's Complete, lots of footage uh, of guys being total jerks. Yeah. And for some reason. I think it's different. Yeah, I do. I think the guys just go with physical threat. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about a Karen is that it's a woman and you yeah. it, it is... It, it's quite different. It's a different you, you're, response. You're not as afraid, like physically afraid, yeah. of, if there's a guy going off the deep end. Yeah. And not the, that women can be any less dangerous, but... 
Yeah, witness the McCluskeys in St. Louis. Oh man, what a couple they are. I read the background on those guys. Pretty wiggy, they just... Or is that the people with the guns? Uh -huh. the lawyers with the AR-15 and the pistol. Are they lawyers? Yeah, and they've, they've got a long, long history of litigating everybody and everything, including their own families. Oh. Just oh. their neighbors, just everything. They're just impossible, horrible people. <laughs> and my response to the tweet I saw on that was, oh, but they look so nice in the photos. They just, <laughs> oh my God, they look like they're hammered on high-end scotch at three in the afternoon and out there waving guns around. Jesus. But they got there. I mean, the, didn't they go in and they actually went into their home? The cops went into their home to look, oh, good. look at everything. And they confiscated the gun. Yeah. And, and then later on, they went in to search the house. Good. I didn't see the reason they confiscated the gun, whether it was perhaps it was illegal or something like that. It's like, probably evidence in some pending uh, legal conflict. You know what I mean? Like somebody may have charged them with something and they're going to seize that gun so that mm. it can be clear that it existed right. and was there. So right, kind of right. Thing. I don't know though. I just, all I know is I saw some background and you just think those guys are both Karens. Like, and, and, but they've been that way their whole entire See, life. See, I think by definition, a Karen is someone who's doing behavior that you don't like. Yeah, primarily, yes. And but it, I think it's worth seeking a name for a male doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think there's different, uh, yeah. but I agree with you. Yes. The, but it has to be, what do you call it? Organic. Somebody who's quite, somebody who's quite funny would have said, oh, look at Karen here. Yeah. I remember the second time I saw or the third time and I suddenly realized that Karen seems to be a thing. It really amused me. I thought it was quite yeah. funny, mm -hmm. but yeah. so it has to be. So someone, and at this point it might be too late for, I think it is because someone they, to claim a male name. I think the Karen ship has pretty much sailed. I think oh, it'll keep, it'll, you know, be another year before people stop using it. But I think, well, yeah, I don't right. think it's, won't, won't it just continue on forever now? For no, quite a while. <laughs> people are wanting to go past just pointing out idiot behavior and labeling it and get to where the, where it's really very unacceptable generally. And just making fun of somebody isn't going to achieve that level of change. You know what I mean? They I wanna, still enjoy it. I always feel a little I bit do. guilty every time I see it because. I always like when one of them gets slapped by some other woman, you know, that's really fun. I've seen a couple of videos where some idiot white woman is after some non-white woman. It's usually you don't belong here. Go back to where you came from. I don't have to put up with that from you people, that kind of stuff. And I've seen a few where the woman being spoken to just hauls off and smacks a white woman. It's always very satisfying. The white woman always just turns and leaves. There's never, the white woman never starts throwing hands ever. <laughs> she always just leaves right away, <laughs> which I think is very funny. I probably shouldn't. We'll probably get mail about that. But Yeah, and they're not always race related either. So no, just, they aren't. It's just whatever, yeah. But the ones where somebody gets hit are usually that way. Million dollar idea, boys. Here it comes. You ready? You ready? 20%, right? On this one? Uh, this one is 20, just to offset Rich's giving away his idea earlier for uh, free. Uh, but before I go down here, what is this net gross thing? You oh, clearly feel that I'm doing it the wrong way, so tell me. I don't know if you are. That's uh, Anyway. Uh, yeah, well, you know, like uh, if you got a million dollars in sales... Yeah. But uh, only 900,000 uh, 900, in expenses. Ah. 
your your gross is yep. a million, your net is yep, hundred. You're right, I might be doing it the wrong way because I'm always saying ten percent of the profit after all the risk, all the investment is done, yeah. all the work is done. I just want to You might get of better profits. sales of your ideas if you stick with net, but gross will give you more money yeah. for people who take you up on it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll try to remember that going forward. I mean, in the movie business, they're always thinking mm. about that. And, you know, KJ always gets gross, I'm sure, but yeah. most people have to just take net. Yeah, the little fish only get net, but big guys. Anyway, the deal is I want <laughs> I want to have an app developed, and it may be already out there, that takes, takes a picture. When you pick up the phone, it just immediately takes a picture. You know, when you pick up your iPhone, at least, you turn it up and the screen lights up and it shows you whatever. Yeah. I just thought, take a picture while you're doing that. And, oh, hide that picture in the trash. So that for all you couples out there of whatever gender, that are feeling a little insecure about whether your partner is snooping into your personal life or your partner is conducting something, I don't know, you'll get pictures of whether they're checking out your phone. Oh. Somebody picks up your phone and starts oh, monkeying yeah. with it. You'll have their image recorded in there. So. And you put it into trash so they don't think to go looking for it and delete it. That's my, that's the little extra bonus. And this is for partners who have given their partner the password. Well, or whatever, just even picking up the phone. I just want to know what the hell, what is he doing with my phone? Is this a big problem out there in the world skin? I don't know. Hope so. Otherwise the idea doesn't fly. (laughs) Uh, I hope, I hope lots of people are desperately, well, it's the same thing too. If your phone goes missing and you finally recover, you'll have a nice photo of whoever took the damn thing. Well, I mean, on that topic, I've been, I've run through in my mind a few times, what I'm, what's going to happen if I'm the guy who has the phone, who's taking a video of someone could be a cop being violent, specifically a cop, because I, I run through this whole scenario in my mind because I don't think they're supposed to come up, you know, they can come up and claim that they need evidence or something, grab your phone, take it away. I'm not sure about the BC laws, but, and then like, I would like to have it uploading to the cloud immediately. Mm, That's a pretty good idea because boy. But then I can't afford all the bandwidth needed to automatically upload videos. Every time I take one, I don't want that anyway. So And you don't want to go through a six step process to initiate the upload. Yeah. You need it instantly. Yeah, it should be quick and easy to go, okay, this one's gotta go straight to and it doesn't have to be the Apple cloud, it could be just some trust a trusted cloud that yeah. Yeah, that's but I haven't seen any um or heard of any phones being confiscated in that situation. But there's certain circumstances in the States where they can kind of force you to put your little thumbprint on there. And then of course, I think, I think I've worried about it too much. I think if I take a video of that kind of thing, I'll be okay. Yeah. They, they are certain cities are passing laws that restrict the taking of video of police incidents. And they're saying it is to protect the privacy of the person who is being apprehended, but it strikes me that is, protects the police from being seen doing stuff that they'd rather not being seen. And I mean, fairness. I haven't heard about that. I bet you it's a lot more rare than the cities that are actually moving in the other direction. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. This would be places like Tucson or Phoenix or, um, but I, I, fairness to the police too, like they get trained on how to do stuff, right? When they're capturing people, they get training about how to immobilize them and the best way to do it. And so, I don't know. I mean- I've seen you, you, we've talked about this before in this podcast about context, right? 
context on social media is really hard to come by. And I don't know about you guys, but I've seen a few. And, and RJ, I'll thank you for alerting me to that more than once to pay attention because... A lot of the videos look set up. Yeah. And one I saw where they shoot some guy in his car. It looks like he's asleep. There's all this outrage. Well, I saw another one taken from the body cam of another officer who comes later and he's coming to retrieve the gun that the guy in the car had in his waistband and he was not responding to calls to get his hands away. And so they shot him and you sort of think, I don't know if I'd necessarily shoot him just for having his hand in the area, but that's a lot different than he was sound asleep and, and they just shot him because they didn't, he wasn't and they didn't like, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. You how see it all. It. You see it sometimes when you can spot it. And then there's a whole bunch of more times when you can't spot it, but it's really being faked yeah. up. Well, for example, that awful couple McCloskey's, is it? Yeah. Like someone tweets, he's got his finger right on the trigger. So I zoom right in and sure enough, his finger is not on the trigger. Yeah. You know, like, so the woman's was. <laughs> Yeah. It was right on the trigger. Yeah, yeah She yeah. looked like she didn't have a clue what oh, she was doing. Oh, yeah. It was a weird little yeah. pistol, wasn't it? She sort of, I, I had the feeling she's never fired that thing before, just the way she was, uh, the whole thing. But yeah, as part of my uh, trying to detox, detox mm-hmm. from too much, I have to heighten my consciousness about things like lack of context. So what steps have you taken to detox your Twitter feed? Just less frequency. I, I just... Try going, to stay away from there. stuff. Oh, going in there less frequently? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I don't look at every Trump thing that comes out and I don't look at every comment on every outrageous video. How like, about unfollowing some of the more. Yeah. There's been one or two of those where I just sort of think. Or even not toxic, but. Yeah. There's just, I, I can only care so much. So if somebody's having repeated, um, really vitriolic comments about the state of us Korean relations. They are terrible and the U S should get out of there, but I just can't spend the effort having that conversation on and on and on and on and on. I'm trying to worry more just about what goes on in Canada (laughs) and less about what goes on everywhere else. Now, how often when you look at a tweet, do you go in and look at the comments? Oh, seven out of 10 probably. Oh, really? Cause that's where all the trouble is. Yeah. But that's where all some of the context sometimes is. And I also sometimes I'm debating whether I want to reply and I don't wish to just repeat the same replies that everybody else. Oh, I see. Some points been made. Okay, good. But Hmm. anyway, take the picture automatically and just store it someplace just so you can see who's been messing with your device. Cause I figure whatever mechanism it uses to wake itself up when you pick it up, use the same mechanism to just take a picture. There it is free for you guys. The NSA is probably already doing that skin. Yes, and I think I think it's already happening to some level anyway, because on all the new phones, it's your face. Yeah, that it's detecting. Yeah, good so point. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, I did pitch that one as maybe somebody's already done it. So because oh, all usually most of my brilliant ideas, the ones that aren't completely nutty, somebody already did it. Yeah, I mean, but that's ideas in general. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, look at those! Oh my God just admiring your collection of uh, screwdrivers over there, Mope. Oh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I see, uh, is, that, is it fair to say there's about 30 screwdrivers there? Sure. I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I use every gosh darn one of them. That's right. And is everyone unique or there might be three or four Phillipses of a certain size? Yes. 
Yeah, okay. There are three or four <laughs> of a certain size. But yeah, but that means you'll find one quicker when you need it, right? That's right. And some, you know, you know, you need a shorty sometimes. I'm sure I've mentioned this podcast, my just keep buying. So I've done it with this, with flashlights and with tape measures and with multi-drivers. You need one, you can't find it. So you just buy another one. You just buy another one. And you just keep doing that. Every time you're at Home Depot on some other mission, you buy another multi-driver and you stick it in another drawer until finally you can't open a drawer in your whole house without finding a multi-driver <laughs> and a flashlight and a tape measure and some like, like, yeah, because it's just so much better for your soul to just not have to go scrambling all over the place looking for, because so irritating when you realize your filing system is completely inept. And you can't find anything that you've put away. Did you have the yard sale? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so, uh, for the listeners, uh, Sue's dad died 1990 and, uh, we kind of didn't deal with all his old tools, but now we've had to, and she would have been happy for us to have gotten rid of them all, but we just didn't get around to it. And so, yeah, 30 years later anyway. So yes, it went very well. I, what I did was I placed an ad and you saw the ad. It was a generic kind of, although it was generic, I also listed a lot of the tools available yeah. and I said by appointment only. And then, so I started slotting people in for 15 minute appointments and I had about eight or nine total and oh. appointments. Yeah. And then I would allow uh, overlap. So one person overlap and I did, uh, I went through a whole little dance with them when they reply, tell, uh, tell them they have to wear a mask inside. Didn't want any Karens, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and they also had to use a little hand sanitizer cause they're going to be handling everything. And then, uh, I would allow an overlap of one. So you're in for 15 minutes and then the next person can start. And then I let everyone know that I would not be letting them in early unless the person before was gone. So I did that whole little dance from just having experienced a few garage sales and, uh, it worked great. Uh, it was a little slow at first. Someone would c come away with like $30 worth of items and I, I was giving them away or selling them ridiculously cheap. Uh -huh. And then one guy, Nathaniel goes by Nate came along and he was, uh, a force of nature. <laughs> oh, First of all, he was the fastest hustler I've ever seen. You probably work with people that move quite fast. You from time to time do it yourself, I'm sure. This guy did it for a good, like he, because of the nature of the people coming, there was never, he, he, I allowed him to stay for two hours and he just kept going, go, go, go. He was breathing heavy. He was fit, but he was breathing heavy because he never stopped. He just kept picking up a heavy tool, moving it over here. He took a whole ton of tools and supplies laid them out on the floor so that other people wouldn't think that they could take them. And he was constantly moving them around. And then, and then, uh, after his two hours, he came and we said, okay, let's figure out how to price all this. There was one item that had a price on it all already, which was a table saw for a hundred dollars, which is a very good deal. And then for everything else, he'd be going, uh, I'd go, I don't know. 30 to 30 bucks and you go, yeah, that's fine. And other times he go, yeah, no, I don't think so. And then, and then other times like he, he saw some dado blades. He goes, well, how about for those ones? I'm going, yeah, I'll just toss those in. He goes, no, no, no I'll pay you 20 bucks for each one. Oh, good. 
so, so it was kind of like the conversation was not too hard to, and I actually listed everything cause it's just too much work to too easy to get distracted and forget the total, you know? Yeah. So anyway, at the end of it all, he paid four forty for his first batch and then he went back to work again and another hundred bucks or something. And total, total, we pulled in eight eighty. Well, and there's still some pending payments, aren't there? Well, there's still some tools. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, eight, yeah, eight eighty plus maybe another, uh, yeah, hundred twenty, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And then, uh, I really happy if, to hear if, about that guy. Yeah, though. if I'd had a lot of time and it was an interest or a side business, maybe could have pulled in two or three thousand for those, right? Like, yeah, it was. I I had a look at all this stuff. It was Wonderland over there, <laughs> but I rent a garden suite. And I can do no kind of maintenance. So of course I'm not really in the market, but it was cool as anything. Like the whole house is cool. The whole house just popped out of 1972 intact. The kitchen intact, 1972 curtains, lino appliances, 1972. The front room, the light fixture above the table, 1972. Hardwood floors, perfect. All the tools, did you get anything yourself? Uh, what did I come away with? Uh, saw, hammer, both of which, believe it or not, I just don't have. And he came over and helped us with a whole bunch of handyman stuff. I did a bunch of little diddly stuff, you know, fix a drawer, that kind of stuff. He got a belt sander out of that. Nice. And I think the belt sander I might be able to use in that table my dad made because it's warped and I would like to sand it down so it's level. You know what I mean? Like does that, so sand the edges down. So you, I don't know when or how, but what was fun, and you just go through this stuff. So everything in the basement tool collection is at least 30 years old. Right? Right, right. Some of it's older, <laughs> at least. It's just fun. You go through this stuff, and you sort of think, geez, I haven't seen one of those in a while, you know, and a bunch of it is just clearly useful. Like every, every uh, concrete or stone chisel imaginable, Every shape, wide ones, narrow ones, those drill bits that you hit with a four pound hammer, all there, uh-huh. um, you know, bit sets, screwdrivers, just an avalanche of screwdrivers, all just willy nilly all over the place. It was pretty clear that he had done many iterations of what I was talking Like he probably had five or six hammers, right? And I think it's probably because he had guys working jobs with him and he would supply hammers. But I also think it's quite possible he went to a job and forgot to bring a hammer just Go to the nearest place and buy one. Same with screwdrivers. Was he a contractor? Like a he's a builder. Yeah, oh. he built this house, uh, oh. and it was the first house he built. And he went on to maybe do another ten or fifteen houses at least. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So he had all of this stuff, right? Yeah. It was pretty fun, and there was some automotive stuff in there. And again, what's fun about that is like there's a set of points and the distributor top thing, yeah. and you sort of think. Well, somebody wants these, but nobody I know, you might, yeah, yeah, that's the international, right. yeah. but probably not the right That's right, because we were talking about the carburetor, and the first guy that came over, he goes, what's this carburetor? Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, it's a big, gigantor, yeah. you know, Weber, Holly, whatever those single, maybe it's a double barrel, I don't know, two barrel. Did he say why? Did he have something? No, I didn't no. ask him. But he, yeah, he must be, a, must be a hobbyist, right? Like... With cars. There's paint vials, there's paint. There was a spray painting thing. There's two compressors, uh, miter saw with no guard, table saw. Oh, that's just all this stuff. Uh, And one of the compressors was one of those ones that has the handles like a wheelbarrow and a single tire, has the two tanks. 
right. like a big heavy duty thing. Yeah, so the guy that, that wanted that, it was towards the end and I gave it to him for, I think it was $20. Yeah. And it's probably is, worth quite a bit more. Oh, it's just a massive steal. And he goes, does it work? And I go, I don't know. Oh, a hundred. Let's plug uh, it in. I go, I go, okay, so I'll plug it in. Uh, uh, can you find the on off switch? I don't, I don't like plugging stuff in when it's already switched on. Right. And he couldn't find it. So I plug it in and of course there's, I could see the visible sparks as I plug it in and the thing goes, and I unplug it right away. And the other guy, Nate, who is quite knowledgeable, he goes, yeah, you always check the oil before you yeah. turn those things on. And I look at number one, check the oil, right? Yeah. So, just anyway, yeah. anyway, that thing's gone now. That would, that's a steal of a deal. It's heavy duty, two, two cylinders, you know. If you got room. Yeah. That's the thing. Like. Well, Rich, there was a floor jack down there for cars as well. And I really pushed RJ hard to keep it because it's just so much easier than those stupid little spindly jacks that come with cars. But you got to have a place. And even if you have a garage, that thing has a pretty big footprint, right? One so, of those roll them guys? Yeah, you roll it under and just hydraulic yeah, your yeah, way yeah. up. Those I should have kept it though. I think there might have been a place, like I have a shelving unit. Yeah. That, uh, the first lowest level is empty. I probably could have just... Yeah. pushed it into that shelving unit. I mean, but, it's like everything. Griffin does the tire changing now, and I'll bet you he would have loved that. Yeah. If you're, for, if you're never doing anything, it's, and I couldn't use it because I park in the street and the street's not level and it's not even paved where I park. So, but it was just, it was cool, all this stuff. And just the way the house is, his study was all decorated and he did, he'd, he'd built in these sort of Spanish style arches in the wall of this basement room, each had a light in the middle of it. And it was all spackled, you know, like, and the spackle had little glitter bits in it. It was I, lovely. I know, I know lo- it well. Oh, a lovely job. He just sort of, yeah. So he said, yeah, he was really proud of that. He said he should be. This is a great job. It was really neat, lovely job. And wainscoting done along the foundation, you know, mm. and a very nice job super dated like it just looks ridiculously crazy now but you can't fault the work it would be kind of cool to have in an office though wouldn't it yeah and he had he had all through the house there was handmade cabinetry a lot of it made of uh, teak and um, mahogany the front and back doors probably weigh 80 pounds a piece. They're solid wood I don't know what kind of wood it is but I'm sure it'd stop a 22 bullet so is it a would it be a teardown yeah. Yeah. That's what I assumed. And it seems to be no, like there's the tear down. It's actually, there's not one house that's been torn down on that block. Oh. That block was released for use. This surprises me, uh, because it's 24th Avenue, a few blocks East of Nanaimo. So I'm thinking that must be an old neighborhood. 1972. One seventy-two was when the city made it available for building. So I guess, it, nutty, I guess eh? it was just farmland or perhaps. Or bush or something. Yeah. Yeah. Up until then. And then all of a sudden, boom, within two years, the entire block is full of Vancouver specials. Uh. And, <laughs> and then you'd expect, well, then some of them must've been torn down. None of them have been torn down. I wow. think I think a lot of the original denizens are still in those houses too. They are, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the, a lot of elderly people in that neighborhood. The neighbor who's 85 says, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to tear it down. Someone will come in and renovate. And then the real estate agents generally agreed with that. The three we talked to huh? said, yeah, you got your three categories. You know, the builders, they pay the least. And then you got your renovators. Or you might get someone who can just pay for this thing and it's livable. 
Right. Um, and just just save your money for now and yeah, rent out the basement. Oh, and the floors and uh, the floors. There's three bedrooms in there, all with maple floors, and the wood is just perfect. Uh-huh. It's been there for fifty years, forty eight, forty eight years, and it's just perfect. Like, so is it a Vancouver special? Yes. Like a, a, a classic? 42-foot lot wide. And uh, the classic has special balcony. with the, the peaked roof yeah. from the front. Two solid floors, exactly the same? No. Well, the, the top floor is the main floor, and that's for the family. The bottom is similar in square footage, yes. Uh, but, of course, one of the rooms is a tool room that's not finished. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, the, and the furnace and hot water tank live downstairs, so course, that takes yeah. away. But it was clearly uh, built and plumbed and wired to have a separate downstairs suite. It doesn't have the two entrances at the front. You know, you got to enter the downstairs suite from the back unless you want to share the front door. There's, there's not a, there's not a, a foyer in the front inside the yeah, door. Yeah. But it's, a, it's for sure a Vancouver special in the sense that it was built with the intent of having a separate suite downstairs, for and sure. Two of the agents said, yeah, this house has good bones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'd like, to, you know, like the window sills are made of teak, just varnished teak. So it's aged and the varnish is all cracked and everything. But, you know, you, you just sort of think, geez, well, I'd somebody hate Somebody might really snap that Yeah, up you, you just sort of think, yeah. I'd hate to see it just nuke those floors, just little things like yeah. teak windowsills. You have to refinish them, but you're going to redo the windows anyway. They're all single pane aluminum frame windows, so they're going. So if you're doing that anyways, yeah, refinish the refinish the sills. Yeah. All three of the rooms that had them, I think that all three bedrooms have those window sills mm-hmm. in them. The ones north facing are in better shape than the south facing one, but still. And there's just stuff like that around. And, it, and like I said, I took pictures of the appliances because they were so cool. The stove is clearly like mid sixties, mid to late sixties. So it came, Sue, came Sue, from somewhere else. Sue's been cleaning that one. Yeah. I saw some pictures and it's so yeah. cool the way it looks. It just, you look at that thing, you right away, you think the Jetsons, it's just got little dials and they all work. The timers are all clock style timers, right? There's no digital anything on it at all. Yeah. The fridge is a McCleary, McClary, sorry. It's not standard height and it's got these really 60s style uh, font on the lettering for the logo and it's the zero mode freezer or something like that. It's got, and then when you look inside, all the butter trays and everything all have that same very highly stylized font on them. It's really cool. I mean, I don't know if you would keep it because it must just suck energy like crazy because it's old, right? right? But it's really cool to look at. The whole thing is just a giant time capsule. It's really cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It was fun to wander around and look at stuff and just hold forth on all the crap that's in there. It's been keeping us busy. And then uh, we had a plumber come over and replace three running toilets. The valves in all three were shot. And then, of course, at the last minute, he goes, hey, I should check your pressure. And sure enough, it was 110 pounds, uh, which like kind of the municipal. Should be 70, right? Should be 50. 50, 50 yeah. Not 50, 110 50 or 20. is kind of like the standard. Uh, so he does that and he quotes a certain amount, which I can't remember, unfortunately. And uh, um, next thing you know, we realize, yeah, we better get that regulator fixed. So yesterday that happened. 
So he did that. So yeah, for our listeners, every house, including yours, Moab, I think we got to go find it. It has a pressure regulator because I thought maybe Vancouver does it different, but no, every house in Vancouver has a, a regulator, but you might not spot it because they're, they're not that big and they sit pretty close to the shutoff valve for the house. Well, I replaced that valve when I did the drainage and everything. Yeah. How did you do it? Did you have the city come and shut your water off? No, no. I just shut my water off. Yeah. You know where your shut off is. So you got two levels of shut off, the municipal one, and that's the one you had to shut off with the yeah. great big, yeah. Yeah. But I'd, where would the regulator be on the city side of that? No, it's actually inside your house, right next to your house shut off. We're going to go look. What are you going to do well, it right I can now? I tell you right now, because I replaced that whole thing. No. I would have had to put that in. I think you did. You've got to I'm insisting because you can't have 50 pounds pressure the city will supply around a hundred pounds and we, well, yet you and I measured your pressure and it was 50. It varies according to your location, but I would be shocked. Let's just say I would be very shocked if every house in this neighborhood was getting 50 sweet pounds day in and day out from the city directly without regulators, I'd be very shocked. And they can't put it by the municipal shutoff because that's five feet down on the ground and it's not really... It's going easily to be serviceable. Yeah, that, that's so. Uh, I guess listeners, that'll be a standby for follow up. We could do it right this instant, or we could just oh, we put gotta, it on our future list. Oh, am I hearing a vote for right this instant? No, I figure when we're done. Okay, let's go. Let's. Are there people in there? No, no. It's it's in the crawl space. Is it hard to get in? One key, and it's right behind the door. Okay, we're gonna go. Oh, I'm dying to do We're going to see right who's now. right on this once and for all. No, it's not even that. It's just that it's important, right? I'm telling you guys, there's not, not a pressure regulator in my house. There might be one on the, on the other side of the, where the connection is. But. The municipal one. Yeah. That would be wild. We got to go see though. PJ and I were trying to adjust it and it's, <laughs> you know, that's a mistake really. And we kind of knew, we kind of were worried about it because it's on the outside of your, of your shutoff. Mm-hmm. you know, your house shut off. And if something goes wrong with it and it starts spewing water out, there's no recourse other than to go find your municipal shut off. Right. Which <laughs> we trouble. don't, we didn't have the tool and we didn't even know where it was. Anyway, it, it would have just, we would have had to call the city on an emergency basis uh, and they'd get out probably within an hour. They're pretty quick apparently. And then there would have been an hour's worth of flooding. <laughs> so... And there's no, there's no drain right there in this house. There should always be a drain right, right below that. I would say, I don't know this for sure. Cause I know that the house I grew up in was all copper plum too. Right. And those toilets failed. So then I think, Hmm, at Rich's mother-in-law's house there, the fresh is like between 110 and 120 is like really high. <laughs> Why didn't anything blow up? Yeah, why didn't it fail? Well, like all we three toilets three were running. Toilets that were running. I mean, I th- oh, that right. may well have been releasing the, co- the pressure. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. might have been the cause. Yeah. Oh, and maybe you're right. Maybe they kept the pressure sort of manageable. Yeah, if the PRV had been replaced, maybe the toilets would have been fine. Yeah. Afterwards, pretty fine, anyways. All that. Hey, speaking of arborists, did you guys not notice the front? You didn't. I did not. No. No, because we. Well, were, when we go and check the for the pressure valve, we'll 
I'll show you the arborist. Is there a, like a bunny sculpted into a hedge out there? A hedge sculpted into a bunny? No, it's sunlight. We have sunlight now. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Ooh. To the tune of $750 ooh. worth of sunlight. Yeah, yeah. Which... It's amazing, yeah. Surprising, but... Yeah. No, if I got to climb, it's going to cost you more. <laughs> you know? Oh, really? <laughs> anyway, I think... Um, well, Susan, I tell you, I had to come back from Cromer's. I was going to stay another two weeks, right? You didn't tell me that. You did say when you were coming back, it was against your will. And I thought, Oh yeah, because what uh, is that about? Well, I get a phone call from Susan and she says, the kids have just left for the lake that, that day. She says, I'm all alone. The first thing out of her mouth, I'm all alone. And I'm thinking, oh, she's... Yeah, is that good? That's what I'm thinking. It's good. Yeah. Well... She was on the floor because she ripped her meniscus or something. Something to do with a kneecap. Yeah, she tried to step up on a chair to get to a cupboard. (laughs) And you know, it's just that. Anyway, I got to come back. So I'm on the... But because of that, she's thinking that she might end up in the basement suite because of the stairs. Because of her, her... She's... I guess she's getting surgery. Oh, oh, until, oh, really? Until that's straightened out. Well, no, no, no. In just eventually, that she will, and so she's. That's that's why the arborist showed up in these COVID times when we don't have any money. Great time at Cromer's. Best holiday ever. That's my idea of a holiday: working and and then sitting around, having fun. Yep. Anyway, oh, but we did have a visit from Glenn. From Glenn, of Oak Bay. Crusher, Carrie. First time I've seen Carrie since her accident. Carrie looks pretty decent, actually. She's walking with a cane, but... What kind of accident did she have? Oh, she blew 12 vertebrae, like disintegrated 12 vertebrae. Fell down? Uh, lifting her kayak off her t- car or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she was in a wheelchair for most of a year. Wow. Yeah, she's just... What do you do? What, how... Kayaks are not. She, I think she suffers from osteoporosis that she didn't know. Oh, that, that was her, a chain reaction. That thing. her bones were just not in. Oh my and god! And just poo 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 poo. Wow! And I don't know if they're. That is also an unearned accident. Yeah. You nice know. to see those guys though, and it was my, sort of my first rather large party. Yeah. Right, because there was like uh, eight of us or whatever. Fun, fun, fun. Nice. You guys still wearing masks when you go to stores? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah? Just because Bonnie Henry told you so? Mm-hmm. See, Bonnie Henry's, of all the things, she's great She's great at so much, and she's useless on masks. Because, I mean, the <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that masks are super important. Yeah. And uh, yet, if you go to the BC CDC site, to this day, it still says, hey, if you don't have symptoms... It's a personal choice. It's up to you. You you might find that it helps protect. Really? Yeah. And it's just based on some really old science and what WHO is saying back in February. And I don't understand it. Like, I think they should be a little stronger because we see the tip of a curve coming up again now. And why not? Because you can really open up like Japan's just like, is it wide open? No, but it's pretty darn open. And they're just not getting anybody dying. I think they have a total of four or five deaths. And or it's, no, but it's like 
90% masks or yeah everybody's wearing it. Like Hong, Hong Kong's like that 7 million people packed into a tiny area only four or five deaths and they're they're largely open the economy's going it's just like it's just the it, that's a huge factor and yet BC has not taken that step most most of North America is just no you know we believe in our personal freedoms. Well, they say that Ontarians are wearing masks more than British Columbians, which kind of surprises that me. That could be, yeah. But <clears throat> it's a little oh. bit more severe over there, isn't it? For sure, yeah. the last several times I've been to a store, the mask-wearing people are in the minority, for sure. And the majority yeah. of people I see in stores are not wearing masks, yeah. which... All of Super Value, none of the employees are wearing masks. Yeah, I always find myself wondering about whether... You know, we've talked again on this podcast about throttling, the idea of trying to throttle a return to full function and the concept that the government must have some idea of the uh, consequences in terms of people getting sick and going to hospital because their major concern is do the hospitals have the capacity to deal with sick people, right? And so you find yourself, I find myself periodically wondering whether they're sort of committed to having people uh, gradually be exposed and get sick. And the major concern is not that they get sick, just that they don't get sick at a rate that the hospitals can't sustain. Because I, I, otherwise I'm with you, RJ. I have, I, that's the only thing I can even imagine that will explain why they wouldn't just say, you got to wear masks. No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. You don't, it. eh? No. <laughs> it's more belief-based because if you wear masks, you can open up a lot faster I don't think it has anything to yeah, do with it. Yeah, but you're constantly under threat. But if you're wearing masks, you're at less less of a threat. So it's just a it's just the easier dial to turn. You have all kinds of dials to turn which dials have the most effect. Yeah. And the ones that are the most effective means you can really increase the economy faster and still keep the hospital bed rate down. Um to be manageable. So I I think it's kind of independent of how many people are in the hospital. You, I, I don't know. You could very well be right. I'll say that. I just don't know. It's, it's puzzling though, isn't it? Like why she's like an international star. Yes. And yet <clears throat> that site doesn't emphasize the use of masks. It doesn't no. make much sense. Really? Oh, Hey, you know what? We really need to catch up on listener mail. We sure do. And before I came over, I just put it all into, I tagged it all. So hopefully easy to find. Good man. Okay. Good man, because my normally flawless memory doesn't have it all today for some reason. I don't know why. What skinny? I know. I know. So surprising. Nixon's hat size and everything, but just not <laughs> listener mail. Hopefully I have most of it, because I know that you can always pull a few from your memory that are missing. We've had a bunch. We've been getting... Well, we've been, we've been forgetting to do it as well. <laughs> so now let me see. It's because there's been great bunches of it. That's why. Okay, here's my, while RJ is looking up mail, I'll just uh, tell you what my latest YouTube rabbit hole is. You know what it is? Go. Career of Muhammad Ali. Ah. All his fights are suddenly appearing in my feed on YouTube. And I'll just say, Muhammad Ali was a beautiful man. Like, he was really a guy. You, they show him as a very young guy. They show him going into the Olympics. They show him all his famous fights. All his Howard Cosell interviews afterwards, uh, interviews with Bundini Brown and those guys who were in his corner for all those years. And he was actually quite a bit more modest than his 
public persona. Uh. He just, what you know what his public persona, where it came to him from? Do you remember Gorgeous George, the pro wrestler? Mm-hmm. Everybody hated him, but they paid a hundred bucks a ringside seat to go see him. That's what inspired him to go around just bragging wildly about how great he is and everything. That's really what he said himself. And he says, they hate him. Everybody hates him. They say $100 ringside seat. So he started doing it. But I saw him interviewed after a really tough fight with uh, Oscar Bonavena, the South American champion. Ali knocked him out in the 15th round. And Cosell was asking him, you know, what happened there? And he says, well, I wasn't in as good a shape as I thought I was. And he was, and then he said, he was tougher than I expected him to be. That's not what you expect somebody who is really totally full of himself to say, right? Uh. He, so you sort of get, oh yeah, no, mostly it's just a big act to promote the sport and to promote himself. And his whole deal of uh, religious conviction, I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go to Vietnam. I'm just not four years of his career at his absolute physical peak, you know, that cost him. And he never, and he actually said at one point, the thing he regretted most of all his actions in life was turning his back on Malcolm X, not too long before Malcolm was assassinated, you know, like, Uh. it was like he had real convictions, real beliefs. He was a real person all the way. He always took time for kids. He never didn't have time to speak to kids that wanted to talk to him. He's a pretty remarkable guy, actually. Mm-hmm, really. For sure. And it's just great watching his fights because, geez, was he ever good. Boxing is just a barbarian sport and probably should just be outlawed. But holy dino, was he ever good. <laughs> it's really a pleasure watching. Anyway, that's that's my rabbit hole. I, uh, nice. I think I've watched him most now, but there you go. What do you got, RJ? All right, well, uh, because the tags don't seem to work right in my app... <laughs> Yeah, this one's from Carlo from somewhere. He says, uh, I see that you publish some great content on your site. I am writing to you because I am currently looking for an insurance site where I can share my well-researched blog post on the topic of auto insurance, home insurance, and recreational insurance, which I think you might find a great addition to your blog. Well, So I didn't know that we had a blog. Thanks, Carlo. I thought we had a website. I think Carlo might be a bit disappointed with the number of eyes our website attracts. Well, I don't have to tell Carlo. (laughs) Well, you know, I think I don't think Carlo's going to part with a lot of coin to, for us to feature him. RJ, you got any, any thoughts on Carlo and his business approach there? Well, he closes with, do you mind if I send you the draft to publish on your blog? (laughs) Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. So he's very pleasant. And he said, oh, he also closes with cheers. So you get the thank you and the cheers, which I think is a good combination. So surely you've written them, right? You've, you've. You haven't replied yet. Oh my God. He said, cheers and thank you. Come on. So what I think is going on here, first of all, just as a little sideline, I mean, technically we do have a blog. Our homepage is a blog, you know, like each each time we publish an episode, it's a blog post. Yeah. So, uh, and I think he is using some software to just be scanning the internet, looking for and any season entry about yeah, that in, a little section that's called insurance. insurance. Like one of, we must've talked about insurance in one of our episodes that many times. Yeah. yeah. Have we? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Jeez, that's boring. I see. What are we doing? ICBC comes up from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, thank you for that, Carlo. And we really appreciate uh, our deep fan base. Cheers. 
Thank you. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> I just like to keep things level, even, you know. I don't want to owe Carlo anything. Lee from Courtney. And again, uh, if you guys recognize this, that's fine. She says, when RJ mentioned that Catholic priest abuse charges comprise a small minority of all abuse charges against minors, that's something other than the obvious bothered me. And after mulling it, I don't know how it would be done, but the measure of abuse charges against Catholic priests should be measured against general pedophilia but also against abuse charges against ministers, pastors, reverends, etc., etc., of other denominations. So yeah, so here's the thing, Lee. When I quoted that stat, it was first of all, I tried to refind it and I couldn't. So so now I'm just speaking from memory of something I read perhaps a year ago. It was actually in comparison to other leadership roles. So that would include other denominations, it would include scoutmasters. It would include any kind of people in leadership roles that would involve contact with kids. It had already taken into account, and and I would think that people, quite honestly, in leadership roles, unfortunately, we would like to believe, oh, these are are leaders, so they're going to be better than a normal person. I would think that it's actually the opposite. Well, there's certainly potential for it to be the opposite. Yeah, potential. That's very fair to see. So uh, I can't really help with any detailed stats, but you are so correct. It would be really interesting to compare Catholic priests against oh, it would other be. other denominations it, it, in particular. It would be because that would help us inform the generalization we just made about do leadership roles in general attract people who might have more than the usual or average propensity to abuse yeah, there's that leadership that. position. There's that. And then within the religious leadership subset, <laughs> which, which denominations seem to attract people with the greatest propensity to abuse that role. Right. And there's, so there's what you just said, but there's also, is it just the fact that people are in those leadership yeah. roles, therefore have lots more opportunities. Yeah. That's a fun, um, fun, awful yeah. thought too. So anyway, <laughs> so I don't think we got anywhere with that, but it is a good observation that, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. This is from Sam, Sam from Balfour. He had just finished episode 89 rocket Robin dogs. And I'm going to just read his stream of consciousness here. Just finished number 89, rainy, showery outside, he is saying about uh, Balfour. I've arbitrarily appropriated an honorary affiliation with the dogs. I am SJ Shed hereafter. My role is to review and be marveled by the endless 80s and earlier Drek, especially the animated awfulness. Never does 10 years seem longer. The first TV show I remember watching on our Tim Therapy TV is Robin Hood, which starred Richard Green and was on in the late afternoon. After school, before supper, you, PJ, were probably in the middle of your 20 hours per day naps. The only animated stuff I remember was Bugs Bunny on Tuesday evenings, Rocky and Bullwinkle, and miscellaneous Hanna-Barbera tunes. I was usually laughing too much to do quality assessment of any TV and then going up to the rink and listening to it all over again, augmented by the Stooges as presented while equipping up. Maybe this wow. is the stream of consciousness one that I was talking to you wow. about. I don't know. That's pretty, you know, like I read that note and I didn't pay very much attention because as you read it out loud now, I'm getting some information about. What, is uh, it, what does that mean going to the rink and rehearing well, so, it? 
Early on, he says, first TV, Tim therapy. So my older brother, Tim, three years older than me, had eye surgery when he was very young, ah, right? Ah, that's what that and was. And so I guess they got our first TV so that he had something to do because he couldn't run around because he needed to recover. Oh. I didn't know that. Oh. And I didn't know it the first time I read the note either. So then there's that. And then he said, later on, he got this, that, and the other. And when he went up to the rink, I don't know how this could possibly be, but it sounds like at the rink, they either had a TV or a radio and he was getting three stooges watching while he was in the dressing room. It sounds like that's what he's saying, which blows me away. I sure never had any TV in any dressing room I was in at the Rosslyn rink ever, but there it is. So he goes on. I hope you and Haley have endured and sometimes enjoyed your isolation. The end is near referring to your isolation. I am struggling with Sam G's wedding organizer. And the link with the gift list. <laughs> it's manageable. Does stale gas burn stingily? The fuel in the car has so far been so far from last fall and may have traces of additives. Last week, I was pulled over at Kokanee Park ostensibly because he could smell fuel or exhaust. Pretty lame method to check out shiny low and black exotics. It probably could be categorized as goodwill. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Love, SJ. That is pretty fun. So there's a lot of stream of consciousness there. Like that wasn't a very specific reply to an episode about bad cartoons. What's what's the Sam G reference? Uh, so my nephew, uh, my brother Tim's son, Sam, got married via Zoom. Which there's a lot to recommend a Zoom wedding. Let me just say that. And my brother Sam wished to attend and he also wished to buy a gift. So they published a link to a gift registry and it's evident that Sam struggled to make that work. <laughs> and it sounded, if I heard it right, that he might've had some trouble watching the ceremony. My sister, Jennifer, also had some trouble watching the ceremony. I put a tie on and got myself already thinking, imagining a bank of monitors, each with a happy face yeah. watching them. And I'm, I'm looking at everybody else that's on the Zoom session. And some people are, you know, like it was kind of a relief to know that I am not the worst manager of my image in a Zoom session. Like people are on there clearly not realizing that their image is visible to everybody else on the session. They're looking bored out of their minds. They're looking away. They're not dressed up. Some people were dressed up. Some people are just, my sister, I saw, all I saw of her in that session was she's leaning forward to look at her machine. You know, she, and she told me later that she had trouble with her connection and missed almost the entire thing. But I'll just say, just to finish that thought, Zoom wedding, perfect seat, perfect view. I could see everything. I didn't have to crane around. Nobody's kid was crying its head off and making it so I couldn't hear. Perfect sound. Was it shot with three cameras? Uh, no, one one angle. Okay. Got to see the whole thing. I didn't have to hunt for a parking spot. I didn't have to worry about getting all sweaty walking from the car into the church <laughs> with my suit on on a hot summer day. It, and, and it was all over in about 20 minutes. They got up there they had the ceremony, they kissed, they exchanged rings, whatever the order of execution is. And then they said, okay, we're going to let you all go. Poof, done. Did, did you wear pants skin? Uh, I did, although they weren't good pants. They were just, in fact, they were the same pants I'm wearing. Nobody here. knew. Nobody knew. And I was tempted to do the David Letterman no pants just because, but I turned my video, I turned my video feed off 
after I finally realized that many people were unaware that they were even on, clearly the intent that my nephew's end was not to have a bank of smiling faces because, so I just shut it off. And, right. Anyway, the, and the reference there to his gasoline and all that, that's his car. He's got an 1888 BMW M5, which is a pretty sleek car. It's a real rocket ship. You've been in it before, KJ. And he doesn't run it much, so the gas gets old. Last year, he was struggling to get it to start, so he put an additive into the gas to make it a little more potent. And he's saying he got pulled over near the Kokanee station on the road to Nelson. The cops in, he could smell gas. Like, who pulls a car over? Because they can smell gas in the exhaust. Well, I mean, I think, that? I think who can smell gas in the exhaust from the inside of their car? That so, must mean it's pretty strong. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. If you're tailgating some guy, you can smell when somebody's smoking in the car ahead of you, if you're close enough. I guess. Yeah. If your windows are open. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't know. It's just funny that he includes that in his reply about Rocket Robin Hood. But way to go, Sam. Nice reply. That's a great. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. Great letter. Jesse from Montreal. We haven't heard from him for a no. while. Says, I'm just catching up with the show as I no longer commute. So I lost my listening time. That is a big, uh, a big problem. Yeah. This COVID thing, we should be seeking compensation for the government because oh our listening God, audience right. has been decimated. One in every 10 of our listeners has dropped out because their commute time has vanished. Yeah, and for our listeners, I mean, if you, if you aren't able to listen to us cause you normally use your commute time, might I suggest there's a number of different places or times that you can use. Oh. For example, if you have, there's now doodads that you can put in your shower so you can listen to podcasts in your shower for example <laughs> so so we're just giving up the idea that somebody's going to sit there and just focus intently on the speaker of their laptop as we talk there's that i mean i i don't want to i don't want to say don't do that i'm just trying to give out of way some you know places and times you could do the dinner table with the family yeah i mean those days are lost where the family just sits there and raptly listens to the radio show you know what a way to get together yeah. as a group and you can discuss and, afterwards and or you can even pause. The kids will grow and up discuss. and they'll have fond Perfect. memories. Remember when we were kids, every Sunday we sat around and listened to the Shed Dogs over Sunday dinner. We had Roast <laughs> and the Shed Dogs podcast. I used to love that. So I think there's all you grandparents out there, you start working that right now. Yeah. You start working that right now. Okay. So just something to think about. Yeah. Those are nice suggestions too. I like In episode those. 84, you were discussing management of doctor's offices. I mm. thought you'd be interested in how our pediatrician does it. I mean, I'll be interested, but I mean, won't be needing a pediatrician. No, but, but I think it's just going to apply. Office management. Yeah. Yeah. This can apply to yeah any situation, doctor situation. <laughs> He says, especially RJ, as he loves efficient systems, I do. I love efficiency. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? Great. Listeners? Trains here we go. run on time. Here we go. Each doctor in the clinic, there are usually six to eight working at the same time, but there are probably a dozen on staff, has an assigned examination room. Each examination room is actually three rooms. There's a center room with a glass wall that you can see into from the hallway that acts as the doctor's headquarters. There are computers and a standing desk and all the other cool stuff they usually hide from you. And there are two small rooms on either side with opaque doors that are on the, that are the exam rooms. Good thing that they're opaque doors. Yeah. I was getting a little uncomfortable with the 
clear glass. I'm thinking, what kind of weirdo clinic is this anyway? <laughs> is this a lawyer thing? They have to have clear glass so there's never a question about abuse, position of authority. So, but um, you can see the doctors if they're just chatting on the phone with friends right. or having they're, a smoke or <laughs> watching porn or whatever, like it's <laughs> there open. I'm on break, bug off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, Checking their stocks. You register at reception when you come in and then wait directly beside the room. So I guess when you're waiting, you actually watch the doctor doing his record keeping when he's in there or whatever. Each doctor also has an assistant who does all of the data entry in the main room. So I guess, yeah. And all the nurse-like functions of weighing and measuring the children and doing a basic questionnaire about development. While this is happening, the doctor is in the other exam room with a patient who has just finished doing the same thing with the assistant. They bounce back and forth between the two rooms in a dance of efficiency. We still have a 30-minute wait, though. And we haven't been back since COVID, but I imagine it's not feasible to continue it under the circumstances. Anyway, keep the episodes coming. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Jesse. So, So I'm sort of thinking about, well, okay, in my doctor's office... It's not the same. Like, I I wonder if that dance of efficiency really only does work in something like a pediatrician's office where you really do have to take some time with a kid and the parent to evoke the answers from the kids that you need. Whereas in a regular sort of doctor, GP, you just, he asks you whatever he's going to ask you right there in the examination room. That's right. right. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. Whereas in there, they do a bunch of teeing things up before the doctor actually spends any time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just can't imagine the receptionist in my doctor's office being any use in asking probing questions about my condition. But in a physical, uh, an assistant of some sort will often weigh you and do your height and ask you, you know. Yeah, I guess that kind of informs our audience that they didn't want to know how many physicals I ever get because you're right. I guess that does happen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, busted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh God. All right. This is the last time. Is that time again? New comment on 89 Rocket Robin Dogs. So we had a lot of comments on that episode. Oh, is this from Lee of Courtney? This one's from Lee. Yeah. Hi dogs. Yes, it's me again. I probably shouldn't comment so much, but you've got something in pretty well every podcast that seems to really call for a conversation. I'm just going to reiterate, she should comment. Everybody should comment so much. Even a small conversation, and 89 was no exception. <laughs> Somehow, I completely missed watching The Mighty Hercules and Rocket Robin Hood when I was a fairly little kid in the 1960s. And since we only had one channel, CBC, on our TV and therefore watched every single thing shown on it, I have to think it was maybe either on CTV or perhaps other private TV channels. Probably CTV. Anyway, thanks for talking about them. They sounded perfectly, wonderfully awful, as were the theme songs. And isn't that funny when something's that bad, you have kind of almost fond memories of it. It's just the way it works. Especially the one for Hercules, the theme song. It was truly SCTV material. I mentioned the shows to my husband on our run this morning, and when I was telling him about this episode and asked if he'd ever watched them, by way of an answer, he just burst into singing the Hercules theme song. (laughs) I just, just 
peed my pants over that response. <laughs> I just that's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. It is not because it was good, he said, but because it was so awful you'd never forget it if you'd heard it. <laughs> I did write back on this one immediately because I, I must have laughed for five minutes over the idea that her husband just started singing the song. <laughs> oh my God. I just killed myself laughing. And, and as far as being perfectly awful, editing that episode was terrible because I had that stupid theme song just locked in my head for a week. Because, mm. you know, first of all, you edit the part where we talk about it. And so it's stuck in your head for quite a while. And then you go out and actually find the theme song to stick it into the episode so everyone else can hear it. And it's stuck in your head for another two or three days as a result. Just awful. The Rocket Robin Hood one wasn't anywhere near so bad, but the Hercules one is just brutal. Just sticking power is brutal. Michael from Coquitlam writes in with some TV suggestions for yeah. the pandemic because we were talking through some of them. Oh, Michael recently retired little uh, round of applause for Michael as you Congratulations, Michael. Go, Michael. Go, yeah. He's living the right life now. Now, he provides these without comment, so if any of us have seen them, I guess we could comment if okay. we haven't already. I'll just list the first five, and then we'll come back. To, he's got a couple more he sent. First five are Grace and Frankie, Dead to Me, Ozark, The Kaminsky Method, and Russian Doll as recommended by Richard. So, boys, have you seen any of those? Ozark, I think I saw the first couple episodes. Is that, who is that actor? Uh, I can never remember his name. He's quite good, though. Yeah. The guy, it's the money laundering one, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's a business something or other. Yeah, he, he gets into money laundering in a remote place. Ozark yeah. Lakes, I believe. Yeah. Jason Bateman. Thank you. Thank nice, you. nice, RJ. Yeah, that one. I watched a couple of seasons of that. It is pretty good. Yeah, we, we've well. watched every show and just love it. Can't, I never did watch Russian one, one more season left of Ozark, and it's going to be split into two seven-episode halves, so it'll be a good, strong season. Fantastic show, Ozark is, yeah. And Russian Doll, you never did see it? No, or? and I keep, it's, it's not because I didn't want to, it's just because I forgot it. Fantastic. I forgot the recommendation. Yeah, and it's a recommendation I made a long, yeah. long time ago. So just to reiterate, uh, she wakes up every morning starting the day over again. Yeah. A little bit of a groundhoggy day aspect to it, but it's totally original. So it's not a kind of a copy of that fantastic show. Russian Doll, amazing. I guess each day you can think of as a new doll nested in the old one. Must be that. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there with us, you guys. Remember, wear a mask. I know, I know, but just wear a mask. Like this, this outro may not go with that message in, a, in our podcast earlier, but it might. Wear a mask anyways, even if it doesn't make any sense to you that you're hearing this now at this moment. Also, just generally take care. COVID really is actually still out there. You really still can actually get sick. Just take care of yourselves so that you can continue to uh, indulge us by listening. And boys, you want to say your names? No, I'm KJ. That's KJ. That's Karen J over there. <laughs> I'm RJ. Whoa, hitting below the belt. Ooh. Yes, that is us. Take care of yourselves, you guys. We'll talk to you soon.